0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Guys, tonight I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes. We're gonna go back into worship. My life message is worship. So when I prayed about what the Lord would have me to share with you tonight, I just I felt like we're gonna talk about worship. Here's the thing. We just worshiped and it was amazing. So it was one of those things where I'm like, I was sitting over there thinking, I don't need to teach on worship. Everybody here knows how to worship. And we go in, but the Holy Spirit said, no, I have something specific that I wanna add to people in this place. And so I wanna talk to you about a priest in training, a priest in training, a priest in training. Do you know you have an ultimate calling and it's not to your career uh, it's not even to be a great spouse or a great parent. Your ultimate calling is to be a priest of the Lord Most High. And how overwhelming that is that God would call us to be a priest. Have you ever done a job that you did not feel qualified to do? Have you ever had on-the-job training and you felt like you just did not know what was going on? So I recently got had a gift. Somebody from our staff for Pastor's Appreciation Month, they gifted me with a 30-minute flight lesson and so i've been wanting to get my pilot's license for a while so i thought i'd go give this a shot so i go to the airport and i brought angie with me she was a bold person to come but i get in in this um in this plane and the guy that was doing the training was uh like a college student post-college student i could tell though that he was just doing it to get the hours and uh i hope he's not here tonight that would be horrible if he was here tonight but I could just tell that he was just getting his hours in. And so uh, he started just telling me, oh, this is no big deal. No big deal. You got this. You got this. I have never flown a plane before. I have no idea. Any, I don't know what these gauges are. I don't know what the ha- handles are, the foot stuff. And, and he's like, okay, go ahead and pull out on the runway. And uh, I'm like, I don't know how to pull out on the runway. I literally know nothing of what you're talking about. He's on the headphones. He's like, okay, go ahead. I said, go ahead, pull out, pull out. I'm like, bro, I really don't know anything. And so, so he, he lets me try my best to get out on the runway. So I, I figure it out. You got to push the pedals and brake and, and all this stuff. And so I get out there. I said, what a bold soul this guy is. And my wife's sitting in the backseat. I thought our lives were in jeopardy. And uh, we pull out on the runway and he's talking language. And if you guys have never heard airplane traffic language, it's another language Rodeo, uh, Frisco, I don't know if I'm saying the wrong words. Alpha, beta, bravo, delta, delta, Z, coming up. I was like, I don't know what he's saying. And then he's like, did you hear that? And I was like, I don't know what it means. So anyway, he's like, okay, go ahead. We can take off. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't mean anything either. I don't know what that, so the whole time he's just assuming that I know what's going on and I literally have no idea. And so we finally, guys, I took the, I took the off. I took off. And and so I'm in the air, and he's like, okay, go ahead and bank to the right. I have no idea how to bank to the right. But this guy was so trusting, let me do this stuff, and we finally landed the plane, and and I'm here. I live to tell the tale. But I thought to myself, that was both great and horrible, because it was great, because now I feel like I can do it. But it was horrible, because I could have died. Easy, easy, you know? But... You know, many of us, we are called into this priesthood, and you probably have no idea what you're doing. You have no clue how to be a priest. You know, if if, if the if, if before you showed up to service today, somebody met you out there and put an ephod on you, and put a a, a a linen tunic and said, "Okay, you're a priest of the Lord Most High. Go in there and do your duties." You'd be like, "I have no idea what to do." You might know a couple things, like, "Well, everybody's lifting their hands, so I'm gonna lift my hands." And everybody's singing, so I'll, I'll sing. But you would feel overwhelmed. I'll give you one more illustration. Uh, I was invited to play paintball, paintball war. Uh, and with, with some people. They invited me out to the woods to go play paintball. I had no idea what I was getting into. We get out there and they give me a gun, they give me a, a helmet, some, some stuff. And I'm like, all right, so what do we do? And they're like, just, just go out there and shoot people, you know? So within the, within the first 30 seconds, somebody started shooting me upside the head, the back of the head. Pa, 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 pa. If you've never been hit with a paintball, life got real, real fast. And I was like, I'm I'm really into something. And this is the word the Lord gave me to tell you tonight, is that you are in a spiritual battle, you're in a war, and the prize of the war is your worship. And what the enemy is after is your worship, What the Lord is after is your worship. Worship is the gold of the spirit world. When Satan tempted Christ, Christ's third temptation, Satan said, I will give you all the kingdoms of this world if you will bow down and worship me. There is an eternal struggle over your personal worship. So your worship, you're called to be a priest. This is the ultimate calling. And all of heaven, both dark and light, are after your worship. And you're like me in that plane. You don't even know what you're doing. You don't even know that you're called to lift up spiritual sacrifices. You don't even know what you're doing. But there's an eternal struggle over your worship. I want to read from the scriptures from the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 5. And then we'll read verse 9. First Peter chapter two, verse five and verse nine. Aren't you thankful for big screens that have scriptures on them? Because you didn't bring your Bible tonight. I know you didn't. First Peter two, verse five. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer up spiritual sacrifices that please God. Then verse nine, you are a chosen race. Elbow somebody say, you're chosen. You're a royal priesthood. Elbow somebody else say, you're royalty. A holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Father, in the next few moments, shine your light on this topic of worship and priesthood. Show us who we are. Lord David worshiped you seven times a day. Daniel prayed three times a day. Open our eyes to the reality of our priesthood. In Jesus' name, amen. You know... I don't know if you have had the same tension and frustration, but I feel like as church culture and church world has progressed, many people have lost the understanding of worship and what it really is. Some churches have abandoned the whole idea of even playing Christian songs in worship. They just play secular cover songs because to them it's music. They don't quite understand the significance of the royal priesthood the holy people assembling and offering up a sacrifice of praise many churches have lost their way because they've lost the meaning some people think that the music is the part before the preaching that you want to be late for oh that's just the singing part that's just singing part and we're gonna show up i love hearing pastor mike preach i'm gonna show show up then did you know that the official holy sacrifice begins when the first note starts? And as a royal priesthood, it is time for you to take your station and to begin to offer up a spiritual sacrifice to the Lord. Churches have lost the idea of priesthood, but guys, we're, we're holy priests. You're on the job. You, you like me in that airplane. You don't know what you're doing, but you got to figure it out. You got to figure out what it means to be a holy priesthood, to lift up sacrifices that please the Lord. And so if there is this eternal battle over worship, and I believe this with all of my heart, that when there is a region where there are no God worshipers, then there are, there's self-worship and there's demonic worship principalities rule over areas where there is no worship. Satan desires the worship of people. He holds people in his power. But when one worshiper begins to lift up a sacrifice to the most high God, I believe that it's atomic and nuclear in nature. I believe something goes off in the spirit world where demons say something just happened over there. Where two or three are gathered together and begin to worship, they can hardly stand it. But when you assemble thousands of believers and they begin to worship in spirit and in truth, I'm not talking about the song singing and and, uh, the the part before the sermon. I'm talking about a true revelation of spiritual worship. Then it literally shifts atmospheres in cities and communities. This is not this is not this fake world that it's not real. This is real talk. Demons tremble at the worship of God's people. When Jehoshaphat was being surrounded by three armies, he did not know what to do. He said, just send the singers and the musicians out there. And as they began to worship, the Lord set ambushments in the camp of the enemy, and they began to kill themselves. By the time the soldiers got there, every one of them was dead this is warfare there is warfare over your worship so i want you to make this individual there is wor- there is warfare over your individual worship the enemy wants your worship he also wants you to worship self but god is desiring your worship and your ultimate call is to lift up sacrifices unto god How many of you want to step into that priestly call? You want to step into that holy call to be a worshiper? I believe every morning when you arise, God desires worship from your heart. Seven times a day, David said, well, I praise you. God desires you to be a worshiper. So we've got to get get out of this idea that the song service is just songs that we sing as a Christian community and get into this idea of a corporate sacrifice of praise that arises from the saints of God. Now, if you were to go back in time and you were to say the word worship to a Hebrew person or to a Jewish person, even that had become a Christian, they would not think song service. Worship has become a genre of music, but to a traditional Jewish person, through all time, if you use the word worship, the number one definition of worship throughout the entire scriptures is bow. So what the enemy is after is the enemy is after your bow. What God is after is he's after your bow. Now, I believe that when we worship in spirit, our physical bodies can mirror what happens on the inside of us as almost an expression of what happens. But when you come into this sanctuary, the first posture that you should come in with is a bow. Now the bow throughout all of scripture was the key defining word of worship. When the priests would enter into the temple, they would worship. Do you remember the, the passage in 2 Corinthians, 2? Uh, uh, I can't even Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 6. I knew it was one of those CH words. <laughs> 2 Chronicles chapter 16. Solomon dedicated the temple. The glory of God fell. The Bible says that the priests bowed with their face to the ground. When Jesus cleansed the leper, the man returned and bowed in worship. In Revelation chapter 1, when, when, G, when John sees Jesus for the first time, he bows in worship. Worship is a bow. And to be a holy priest, you've got to understand first and foremost that worship is a bow. This is the priestly bow. And if you've grown up around church that's similar to Healing Place or Bethany, People are often expressive in worship. Guys, we used to have a lady at our church, and uh, actually, she's a relative of somebody who was a part of this church, but her nickname was Twirly Bird. Does anybody ever remember Twirly Bird? That's funny. Guys, Twirly Bird got saved, had this incredible experience with God, and when she came to church, she'd come down front, and she'd start twirling like this, and she would twirl for thirty minutes and not pass out. I just got dizzy doing it twice. <laughs> but she would, she would just, she was so glad to be saved and free. But she would twirl. People do all, do different types of demonstrations in worship but the thing that matters the most is the bow of your heart. When you come into this place, what that bow means and it's not just a bow of reverence and a bow of awe. It's literally a bow where you take off your sandals because you're standing on holy ground and you and, and and you bow before the Lord. Like my life is bowed before you. You are awesome and I I revere you. Okay. Oftentimes, when we assemble, there are people that are called to be priests, but they're like this. Song stuff. They don't have a revelation that you are called to bow before the Lord. It takes a humility to bow before him. I just want to challenge you that there is a revelation of a bow, and God desires that bow from you. The enemy is after your bow, and God is after your bow. Uh, think of Psalm chapter 95, verse 6. Look at this verse. It says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hands. So the first thing you need to learn as a priest is the bow of priesthood. The second thing that you need to learn as a priest is the kiss of priesthood. I know that sounds weird. In the Greek, the number one translation for the word worship comes from the word kiss. And in, in many Oriental cultures, if you, if you go before a king, you have to come in low, and then you kiss the hand. And this is the word for worship is a kiss. I have four kids. Um, Two of my daughters are here tonight with me. And then I have a son who's seven. He's at home. And my daughter, Savannah, she's five and she's at home as well. My, all of my kids, when there's a a TV show and a kiss happens and you guys have kids, grandkids, you know, it's like, oh, (laughs) you know, nobody wants to watch the kiss when you're younger, except for my youngest girl. She's four. So the, recently, a couple of weeks ago, there was a kiss on TV. And all of my kids turned around. They're like, oh, that's that part where they're kissing. And my youngest daughter was staring and smiling. And she said, I love it when they kiss. I and she said, I love to watch it. Y'all pray for her and pray for me. Worship is a kiss. What is so significant about a kiss? It's affection. Worship is this declaration of, God, I love you. I love you. Not just because you're creator, but I love you with affection. You have my heart. I want you to say this with me. Say, God, I love you. Why don't you lift up your hands to him right now and just say, God, I love you. You have my heart, you have my love, you have my affection, I love you. Why don't you bring the volume up a little bit and say, I love you. I love you with all my heart. I love you with all my soul. I love you with all my strength. God, I love you. I love you, God. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Worship is a kiss. It's God, I love you. And every time we worship, we have to redeclare it. How powerful would it be if every single morning as your priestly duty, you got up and you bowed before the Lord, surrendered your life to him, and then you said, I love you, I love you. And that's how you started your day. Did you know that on the job as a priest, that's what you're supposed to do? Did you know that you're supposed to get out of bed and declare your love to the Lord? This is a high calling, and you were called to be a priest. So this is the kiss of priesthood. The third thing that priests did in the Old Testament, and if you talk to a Priest from the Old Testament, and you use the word worship, what they would instantly think is sacrifice. They would think blood, they would think goat, they would think animal, they would think altar, they would think sacrifice. They would not think song. They would think something's dying. If we're talking about worship, something's gonna die. So I want you to think about the significance of that. When we gather, we all bring a sacrifice. Think of the significance of this. David said, I will not give to the Lord something that costs me nothing. Let's rewind a little bit to earlier in the message where I said, people that don't understand their priesthood calling could stand in a worship service like this. They don't understand the bow of worship. The kiss of worship, and they definitely don't understand the sacrifice of worship. At a very minimal, what the Lord deserves from us is thank you. He deserves a I'm grateful. The Bible says the fruit of your lips giving thanks unto God. At a very minimum, the sacrifice that we should offer to the Lord is a grateful offering Wave at me if you agree that every time we assemble, we should give thanks to the Lord. Isn't it interesting that all of the Psalms David said, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. I, I want us to practice this. I want us right now to begin to give gratitude and thanks to the Lord. So again, as a priest, lift up your hands to the Lord and say, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for health in my body. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my church. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in this place, God. We are so grateful. You're a good God. You are so good. This is the sacrifice of praise. And he deserves, at a minimum, the sacrifice of praise. For an Old Testament priest, they had to slip the throat of an animal and put it on the altar. And all we have to do is say, thank you. That's I mean, wow. Wow, we offer up spiritual sacrifices that please the Lord. But I believe beyond that, when we assemble and when we worship, we should also have in mind if the Lord is asking us to give something, give something, sacrifice something. Sometimes he's saying, hey, I want you to carve out an hour and serve this community or serve in this way. Maybe he puts a number on your heart and he wants you to give a monetary offering Maybe it's to the poor, maybe it's to see the kingdom advanced, but it's a sacrifice. Every time you come into the presence of God, you should have something, whether it's a decision to serve in a way or it's it's something that you're offering to the Lord, but it's a sacrifice. But you know what else it means? Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. And when you come into his presence, you say, Lord, once again, I want to thank you for the offering that is Jesus Christ. His blood made a way for me. And I offer up a sacrifice of praise in Christ Jesus. (laughs) Amen. This is on the job training. I'm training everybody here how to be a priest. First you bow. Then you give the kiss of affection. Then you have in your heart a sacrifice that a priest would have. And then the fourth thing that you're going to bring is you're going to bring the lift of priesthood. So uh, there's a funny Tim Hawkins. Anybody ever heard of Tim Hawkins? He's a comedian. And he does this whole thing on the lifting of hands. Have y'all ever seen that? He says he goes to a church and there's people there. And he said, if they don't feel comfortable lifting their hands, they do the elbow flap. And this means that they're they're getting close to stepping in. And then he said, the very first thing they do is they carry the TV. (laughs) Then he says, and we will carry a (laughs) widescreen. Then he says, we moved to the the fish was this big. (laughs) Then he said, you graduate to hold my baby. (laughs) Then he said, we moved to dueling light bulbs. Then he said, we go to field goals. (laughs) Go to heartburn. (laughs) Double heartburn. Back to field goals. But really, people don't understand why we lift our hands in worship. But did you know that the priest in the Old Testament, when they would sacrifice an offering, they would lift their hands to the Lord. And, And what that means is receive the credit receive the glory, receive this offering. I open myself up to you. Examine my heart as this offering rises to you. I'm open to you. There's so many spiritual significant points to lifting of the hands. The the priesthood would lift his hands over the people and he would say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance to you and give you his peace. And the people would say amen. And Paul in the New Testament tells us this in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 8 In every place of worship I want men and women all the women said amen You're in there. I want men to pray with holy hands, lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. This is the lift of priesthood. I believe that worship should not be restrained. It should be released, and we should let it go. As I looked looked across this audience earlier, and man, you guys have the revelation of worship. We're we're open to God. We're open our lives to him. We're saying receive the sacrifice of worship receive the sacrifice of worship. The fifth thing that the priest would do, and I think for some priests that this would have been easier than for others, is the priest would shout and sing. It was custom after an offering, after the priest lifted his hands, to begin to sing to the Lord and shout some of us have better voices than others, but I believe God wants everything that has breath to praise the Lord. Everything. There used to be a guy in our church that had a three-note range. Uh uh. uh, 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 uh. All songs fit in those three notes. And he would sit behind me and I'd hear him sing, and I'd just be like, oh my God, Lord, you can't love that. There's no way you love what that guy's doing. I believe the Lord loves to hear his children express worship to him. His angels worship. If you look in the book of Revelation, I'm sorry, if you don't like to worship and don't like to sing, you're going to hate heaven because in heaven, there's always a new song being sung. And they sang a new song and they sang a new song and a new song. You're not going to like heaven because heaven is an expressive place of worship to our our God. I would encourage you to, even if you don't know the words of the song, you know how sometimes you come to church and they're singing a, a song and it's new. You might not like it, but the words are on the screen. Just fumble your way through it. Read those words. And my, my papa on my, my mom's side used to come to church, uh, but he passed away a few years back but he came from the Baptist church where everything was a hymnal and he loved those hymnals. And guys, I'm not gonna lie to you, I love old songs. I'm an old soul. I love old music. Uh, And some of the newer stuff, I have a hard time getting with it. My team will make fun of me because when I come up on the stage, I'm gonna sing an old song. Some people sing a new song, I sing an old song. But he said he would come to church and he liked all the old songs, but he would sit there on the front row and I, I would stand next to him and I'd hear him Go and just making a joyful noise. He didn't know the words, he didn't he, but he just sang to the Lord, came out of joy from his heart. And refuse, refuse to be a bystander when the worship of the king is going forth. There is a war over our worship. And we are going to give it to our God. We're not going to stand idly by when Jesus came down on the road and they threw the palm branches and the robes. And the Pharisees said, make them stop. He said, if they're quiet, the rocks are going to cry out instead. So I've made up my mind. I've made up my mind. I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to sing. I'm going to shout. I'm going to lift up hands. I'm not going to care what anybody thinks about me. You may not like the way I lift my hands in worship, but I say I got a lot more history than you. I'll go back thousands of years, and there's a priest lifting up his hands to the Lord. I'm going to worship. I'm going to sing. You know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to dance before the Lord. You say, man, you know, I grew up in sacred church where there was no no dancing, and there was no, well, they're missing out. They're missing out because David, God loved David. Oh man, please listen to to this. God chose David to be king when he was out in a field and nobody knew his name and nobody cared where he was, but he was out there and I believe in those fields, he sang to the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I believe out in those fields, he would dance like a crazy person. Only the sheep and the birds were out there, and he would dance. And God said, I see a man that I love, a man after my heart. This is passion to be a worshiper. You know what I pray the Lord deposits in you tonight? It's just a passion to be a worshiper. In your car, you need to be the guy going to work with the volume on 10, singing that worship song where the person next to you is like, what's that dude doing? (laughs) Worship in your shower. Worship in your kitchen. Worship Alexa, play the latest worship song. You You need to be a worshiper. And when you come to the house of God, don't show up after the, the music, come early. Get your altar ready. About to lift up some praise to the Lord. There's your offer altar. And from there, you're going to begin to worship the Lord. You're going to bow before him in your heart. You're going to say, I love you. You have my adoration, my kiss. I love you. You're going to say, let this sacrifice rise before you. I lift my hands and I worship you and I shout and I sing because I'm a priest of the Lord most high. And I'll, I'll end with this and we're going to go back into worship. But do you know when, when the heat of the battle is the most intense is when you're in the middle of a trial. You're in the middle of a crisis. You get that word that it's cancer. You hear that word that this person got in a car accident. You get that word that disturbs your heart. In that moment, there's a tug of war over your worship. And in those moments, that's when you need to remind yourself, I'm a priest of the Most High God. I'm going to offer up spiritual sacrifices in this moment. <laughs> and bless the name of the Lord. I've seen God turn situations around instantly when his praises went up. Do I need to remind you in Acts chapter 16 about Paul and Barnabas in the prison as they were in cuffs and their backs were beaten and there was a war over their worship and nothing was taking place until Paul started singing, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. And Silas started joining with him and an earthquake started to happen because there's a war in the heavenlies over our worship. And I want to just say this, Bethany Healing Place Church. This is a spiritually significant moment because what the Lord has done is draw these two churches together for a kingdom priesthood moment for us to worship the Lord in unity. And I'm telling you, this is not a ritual or a routine. This is significant. This is revival. Mike has prayed for revival. You have talked about revival, and we're here to lift your hands up and say this. This is revival. Us in the house tonight, ready to worship God. This is revival. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.